As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Seven fifty-five is real with David O'Brien and Eric O'Flaherty is on the air now. Welcome back to 755 is Rio. I'm David O'Brien, Braves writer with The Athletic. We're co-hosts, as always, Eric O'Flaherty, former Braves reliever. What's up, Eric? Not much. How about you, Dave? Not much, man. Down here in fabulous Miami. Uh, and I'm going to wear my Chuck Taylors for the second consecutive night because if those get drenched by beer and wine, I can just throw them in a wash. <laughs> Don't want to ruin a good pair of leather shoes, you know? That's smart. Yeah. got to think about those things when you've been through a few of these. Yeah. I saw you say that, you know, you saw the, um, all the wrap, you know, all the protective stuff up in the clubhouse. They were going to drop down yeah. all the plastic and everything. I bet they kind of cringed when they walked in there afterwards, but it's like, you know, you have to be ready. And the way that clubhouse is built, the lockers are totally recessed into the wall. You can't really put the rolls on top of the lockers and just kind of shove them to the back or something, you know? So they're hanging from the ceiling. I mean, and it's more involved than it used to be where it used to just be clear plastic rolls. You know, you just roll them and tack it on top of the thing, whatever. Now they have sponsorships of them. So you got a Braves logo and a Coors Light logo all throughout the. (laughs) Yeah. So that's going to be in the background. They know how much those people aren't crazy. They don't have much video shot in those celebrations. It's so, it's crazy when you're doing like a, and you're you're in a game like a you know deciding game or something like that where you could clinch, and both teams might you know like the wild card games. Yeah. To go if you go in the clubhouse in like the sixth or seventh inning, the clubbies are looking at the score. Yeah. Once they're convinced your team's going to win, they start throwing it, you know, putting it all up and dropping it, and then there'll be like a three run homer because they got to move couches and everything out of there too. It's not just yeah. the oh, plastic yeah. that goes up. And you'll just see them scrambling to put all that shit back in and then take the plastic down and do it on the other side. It's funny to watch, you know, as the game plays out. Yeah, I was watching one of the NBA, the 30 for 30 of NBA thing, and they were talking about moving the uh, – wasn't it a basketball where they had to move the, the trophy from one clubhouse to the locker room to the other, something like that, or get it out of there, hurry to get it out of there. Mm-hmm. I forget what game that was. Uh, anyway, um, but – yeah, and they got to cover the because the floors are carpeted. You got to completely cover those, everything. But uh, my thing was the Braves were down 2 0 in the first inning last night. 
Yeah. So at what point did you decide you got to put up the plastic? They didn't score a run. Then they were down four nothing. So they either really believe in the Braves because they've come back a number of times. So maybe the third inning they start when they're down two nothing, they start putting that stuff up. But yeah, I think it just takes so much time. You have to be kind of prepared for anything. Yeah, obviously they did because I mean they kept it up and it's going to be there when the Braves arrive today for pregame. Yep. Because it wasn't there at pregame yesterday. They waited till after the game started. I'm sure they thought there's pretty good chance they were going to win, you know. But so this, I, I'm assuming, unless uh, somebody with the Braves, some official step forward and said, "Take that down." It's going to be there. Yeah. See, I don't like that stuff. I see no, that I'm exactly. Like, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Nobody does, and it's not the Braves doing. It's totally you know, Rock and the clubhouse guys. They got to take care of their business and be ready. Yeah. But uh, those clubhouses get destroyed too. Uh, like they teams hate. If you're going to clinch in their city, yeah, the clubhouses hate that because it's just, I mean, a party happens and champagne and everything. The champagne stinks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The next day, it's like a frat house after a party, man. It really it, is. And everything stinks. Like everything Cigar sticky. smoke everywhere on top yeah. of the sticky everywhere. So, yeah, they're going to completely cover it because they've remodeled that clubhouse a few times recently. And uh, I'm sure they don't want to get it trashed. I bet and- they just replaced the carpet. And they have, you know, the Braves have clinched on the road a couple of times, but mostly, mostly at home from what I remember recently, most, most of them. But I remember one in Chicago in that tiny ass clubhouse. Oh my God. I mean, imagine everybody doing all that stuff in that clubhouse in Chicago. Well, and you get three times as many, you know, extra people in there. Yeah. You got your normal like beat reporters and people that are covering the team all year. And then you have some guy just walking around with a camera. The, yeah. the, the cameras, I don't understand. Like, my iPhone takes such great video. Why this guy has to carry yeah, the big ass camera TV camera. on his shoulder. Yeah. And all the and all the team officials who are in there. I yep. mean, everybody's there. Everybody crams in. There's a yep. lot of people from the Braves in town last night that aren't usually here for most road games. So mm-hmm. anyway, the Celebration will be delayed at least until today because the Braves went out and kind of shit the bed. But, uh, you know, it wasn't surprising coming off what I said, just said on the, I did the, I did a uh, live room with Nesbitt, Stephen Nesbitt on the, on the power rankings, his live room just now. And I said, and he had somebody, one of the, one of the callers asked the question, have they ever watched a more uh, significant or meaningful or whatever uh, series than that. And I said, no, not a regular season series. I've never seen one that was as energized. I mean, it was 127,000, 28,000 people in three nights. And it was at home crowd and it was energized. And for the games to be so impactful, so good, the games, yeah. especially if you're a Braves fan, and to impact so much. You flipped the you flipped the standings and made it where the Mets, who thought they had a real good shot at going to the World Series, they had their starters lined up. They're going to skip the wild card. They're going to go next round. They're going to have their three guys lined up. You went from that to the Braves wondering, okay, we got to get through the wild card series without Strider. We're going to have Freed and Kyle Wright won't be available for the first couple of games of the division series. You went from that to. All right, now there's a chance Strider's going to get that extra week of rest. Yep. Maybe you, you can get him back for the division series. You're going to have Freed and Kyle, and Kyle Wright lined up. You might have those three guys to start the first three games against in in, in the LDS. 
and not against the Dodgers. <laughs> he won't face the, Do face the Dodgers until the LCS. I, I, I said afterwards, to me, it was the difference between thinking, okay, yeah, the Braves got a, you got a chance to go back to the World Series. They got to get through the Dodgers. Yeah. It'll be tough. They got to them last year. I went from that feeling to, I think this team has a chance to repeat as World Series champions. It did that for me, too. Because the AL, obviously the Astros are tough, but they were tough last year. The Braves beat them. I think the the, the wild card factor here might be, uh, not, not nothing to do with the wild card series, might be Spencer Strider. Yeah. If his oblique allows him to pitch at a high level again like he was. He's a game and changer. If, and if he can get that back in that first round, get sharp again without getting any recurrence of the injury, then he should be at full strength for that next round if they get through it and to face the Dodgers in the LCS. And I think the Braves with Freed, Strider, Wright, right. line up better than the Dodgers pitching-wise. Yeah. I think their bullpen is as good as the Dodgers or better. And their lineup isn't much right now with Olsen going now and Riley going again, if he's going again. I mean, and he has been lately, but Olsen's been hot, notwithstanding last night's 0 for 4 with three strikeouts. But he has been hot since that day off in Philly. He homered every gig, every day. Yeah, four straight games until last yeah. night. Dansby yeah. Swanson doing what he's doing. Obviously, Michael Harris. Uh, this is this lineup is might be second best in the majors behind the Dodgers, right there yep. with the Astros, a couple others. Uh, but it, I, I like the Braves' chances. Now I say that, and they'll go out and get beat in the first round. But I really like their chances now. I think they are, are they have a legit shot to get back to the World Series, and if they can get to the World Series, we know they can win it because they're a big game team. Yeah, well, and it's just the guys that showed up. You know, it's something about that big series, and I think it's it's a big benefit for the Braves to have been playing these type of games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they have so many guys with experience in those games. Yeah, no doubt, They've all seen it. Um, and I think it it also shows you, like you know, in sports, the don't mess it up mindset versus the shit we can do this thing mindset is so powerful and i think yeah. the mets not by their own fault because the braves won 100 games but i think they got caught in that don't mess this up you know yeah. mode and i think yeah. they felt the pressure and the braves just showed up you know every riley showed up dansby showed up olsen showed up pitching showed up and you saw it in that series i think you saw experience i think you did too i mean this is a team that weathered the storms last year and I mean, again and again and again, they didn't even go to a to a uh, elimination game in any of their postseason series last year. They've done it for four years now. They had the they had the disappointment of getting their asses kicked by the Dodgers that first year when they should not have been there. When they thought they was everybody thought yeah. they would still be rebuilding. Yeah, rebuilding sooner than everybody thought. They got their asses kicked by the Dodgers. They come back the next year. They had that really disappointing loss to the uh, Cardinals. Yep where they had a chance to win the thing and they and they juggled the rotation because they wanted Soroka to pitch on the road. He ends up pitching one time. Fulte gets lit up in the last game here. So that was another year where they really thought they had a chance to go further. So they had that that disappointment. So they're getting tougher, man. They're getting let they're getting you know grizzled and and having go through these disappointments in the big stage. So I don't think after that they get next year they go they take the Dodgers to the LCS and they up 2-0 and 3-1. Should have won it. Yeah. I mean the Dodgers said later you guys were kicking our ass. They were in control of the series. Some of the Dodgers that later But that experience came in. Yeah. The Dodgers knew how to Dodgers handle experience. that situation. 
So the Braves, that to me was like the last step. Okay. We have learned everything we can learn about what we need to do to get to the World Series. We've learned it all. We got our asses kicked. We came back. We made adjustments. We got tougher. Okay. Kept boosting our payroll. So this year they go back. I mean, the next year they go back last year and they went, they marched through the postseason, beat the best teams. I mean, you know, they beat the Brewers when they were hot. They beat them up there. They beat them. They, they didn't even go to the five games with them. And then they beat the Dodgers in six games. Nobody thought anybody was going to beat the Dodgers. They beat them out there. I mean, they outpitched them. They outhit them. Yeah, and, and they, they, beat they the blew a couple games out of the bullpen. Like, they were winning the majority right. of that series. And then and the home field advantage was theirs, and they go to the Astros and beat the Astros with it. So, they, they, this is a hardened team that's so experienced yeah. and has big game performers and has – Really good players and a great bullpen, and that first three. That's why I think Strider's so important. And, and yeah. Strider's not a guy that that I think he's the rare. Him and Harris are the rare guys that I don't think, and they've shown this in some big games. I don't think the bright lights of the postseason are going to affect them at all. No, there's just there's certain guys like that. You know, there's there's certain guys that like the Mariners have that Julio Rodriguez kid, and yeah. they also have this Kellenic guy, and they're yeah. just two different personalities. The Julio can play not giving a shit. He can play loose. He can handle the pressure. He doesn't have to learn the process of handling that. Yeah. And there's there's certain guys that can get called up, get put in the situation, and they just do well right away. Like they Acuna. Just, hit that grand like slam Acuna. against the Dodgers at playoffs he, that year. He can show up. Yeah, like he did. He could show up and get better in a big situation. He could focus more. But, you know, that had to feel like a playoff series to the Mets. That had to feel like that was basically the first round of the playoffs. And that's kind of what happens. You go into the playoffs and you the pressure's there and it's so high and you just get your ass kicked. And you're yeah. like, what the fuck was that? Yeah. And then the next year you do it and you're like, I felt this before. Okay, what I do wrong last year? I just got to stay calm, pitch the same game. And you could see how easy it was for the Braves to do that. How prepared they were mentally for those for the, that adrenaline and that little bit different of a feeling that you feel yeah. in those huge games. And I just thought it showed up big time. It, the crazy thing though, is the has been in the playoffs. Scherzer's won a world series and they beat both of those guys. Eric, let's hear from today's sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily with 24 seven us based live customer service from discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. You heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer. If you ask us, make the right call and get the service you deserve with discover limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I think having the, and the, the series in Atlanta obviously was a big. That's huge. That, that's a home field advantage, man. That's a in it baseball. Looks, that's a real home field advantage. When it's TV, packed it looks like crazy. that, when it's packed like that, and they're doing the chop and all that, you can't tell me that that's not a home field. Now during the regular season, you know, if, if people aren't you know totally into it and just going crazy, maybe not a big deal. But uh, 
that's a home field advantage, and they felt it, and they felt the. I know the Mets felt the bigness of that series and the pressure, man. I mean, for all they've accomplished this year, it's still the regular season. They still have that hanging over them. They haven't been to the World yeah. Series in a long time, man, and they haven't done much in a postseason in a long time. So, uh, for all their greatness, Degrom and Scherzer. Degrom's a different story because he's obviously still in the peak of his career. But for all his greatness in the postseason, he doesn't have a lot of experience in the postseason. Right. You know, just 15. He, yeah, he's, he has not done much in a postseason to, uh, yeah, one time, and that was six years ago or seven years ago. And, and now the weight of the team is on his shoulders. I mean, he's expected to do great things. And Scherzer is not the Scherzer that dominated the postseason. It's a different guy. I mean, and people have to accept that. You can't just be, oh, but it's Max Scherzer. He's going to flip us. No, man, he's old Max Scherzer. So while he's going to have moments of greatness, he's not the same guy. So yeah, that you know, I think they, it's, that, that, you can flip the switch until you can't. <laughs> exactly. You know, and, and and Bassett is a good pitcher, but Bassett had done has done nothing in the postseason or anything that to make you think that he was going to step up and just dominate that out. You know, I think it also helped that Olsen being his former long-term, long-time former teammate. I'm sure Olsen was able to talk to the guys, and Olsen drew that big walk against him before the Darno had bad of the bad bat of the game, if not the series. It wasn't a home run, yeah. but man, that single up the middle after he battled and battled, that was such a pro at bat, man. He yeah. showed what, this, what, how good a hitter he is there. He's one of the or, Darno's one of those guys that I see not feeling pressure. Like if you talk to him, how calm he is. Yeah. Like that dude, you feel like it's game on the line right there situation. His heart rate's at like 67. Yeah. You know, that's just, that's just how he's wired. But a lot of guys get my first playoff game was that wild card game. I couldn't even feel the ball in my hands. Yeah. I mean, because there's, there's so much buildup to it, you know, and you you know, what's going to happen. You know, you're going to have this adrenaline, but if you haven't pitched with it yet, if you haven't felt like that, I mean, it felt like a major league debut. And I went in and I got lucky. I mean, I gave up four extremely hard hit balls. Two of them happened to be on the ground. I got a double play and Beltron swung at a first pitch of the inning, which got me off on the right foot. Like if I would have thrown the first pitch of the inning and Beltron would have laced it in the gap, yeah. I'm giving up four. How nervous I was and how uncomfortable I felt. It was like I'd never pitched before. Just just feeling that energy for the first time. And Fred said I, when I, he took – it was similar to what Freed said about going pitching against the Dodgers in a postseason. He said he couldn't feel his legs when he first went out there. You're numb. And it's, yeah. you know, it's everything's about timing and feel and pitching. And all of a sudden it's like, I'm moving way fucking faster than I'm used to. Like I yeah. feel, you feel like you got an adrenaline shot. You know, I'm yeah. moving way faster than I'm used to. And I, it, my muscles are numb. You know, I can't feel the ball in my hand. And it's, it's something that, you have to come up with your own method, whether it's like taking deep breaths or, or something you think about or, or taking more time in between pitches. Yeah. But everything starts happening so fast when you feel like that. And I just think that it's not something you can really prepare for. You know, you could yeah. read a mental skills book yeah. and then jump into that situation and, and stay calm. You know, it's, it, you have to figure out what your method is and, and a way to do it. And I just think that the Braves just looked at home feeling like that. That Dansby, like guy like Dansby, you feel like he feels normal when he finally feels that adrenaline. Yeah, 
I mean, he's the guy that's done this since his high school career, you know, that wanted the yeah. ball in his hands with the game on the line in basketball. You know, there's just there's mm-hmm. some guys built differently. I'm sorry, there just are. I mean, yeah. Michael Jordan is the classic case. He always wanted the ball with the game on the line. He always wanted to take that shot. Other guys want to pass the ball off. They might be great players, but if they get a choice, you take it. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd, rather, I'd rather you shoot that ball. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of guys like that. I think most people out there – they might not have been anything more than high school athletes or whatever, but if they've got a job that involves a tight deadline, I think most people can relate to this. Maybe it's a pilot and you get into a tough situation where you're, when that adrenaline takes over, man, you're met, you mentally, it, you can mm-hmm. read up on it all you want, but, but when the adrenaline takes over, your body just does things that you're like, what the fuck is going on, man? I mean, I, I've done this for so long and written on deadlines and not to equate this to athletic performance because it's not the same. But when you when something happens in like a, 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 a huge game, a World Series game, back especially writing for newspapers where we're writing the last pit, you got to have a story punched, right? And it's got to yeah. be good because the editors won't even have time to read it over. When that happens and something like a closer comes in, blows the game, and you're rewriting your story, there's so much adrenaline going and you're trying to type a story and think, and you're just going, Oh my God, please yeah. stop doing this to your body. You know, just let me do this. Like I normally do. Yep. And it's it, the whole situation is changed by adrenaline. And that, that's and what I, you always hear guys talk about the speed of the game. Right? Yeah, it's like you're speeding up right? and all of a sudden you can't, nothing's working. So I can't even imagine being an athlete with 42,000 people watching you and you're trying to throw a pitch to exactly a location, dot a fastball, and your body is just going in overdrive. You know, the adrenaline and all that. Mentally, it's just like, so everybody, the guys that without even doing it, having an experience that can do it right away, those are special, special guys. Like Michael Harris had some line drives hit to him in that series and he went after them and made those risky leaping forward catches rather than let it drop for a single. And everybody's like, eh, could he got it? I don't know. Probably played it smart for a single. No, he went full on yep. from and never experienced it at all. Been in double A at the start of this year. That to me, that guy's special, man. That's a special dude. And it's, it's crazy. Cause you just, you can't, it's not a decision you can make to stay calm. Right. You know, it's, it's, right. it's such an overpowering feeling. Right. So, the Braves have that going in their for, in their corner, and that's a huge, huge factor, man. Going forward, if they get, if they, uh, assuming they clinch this thing, uh, you know, you know, yeah, you wanted to clinch last night, and get it done, and be done with it. But at the same time, you have to understand that going from playing the biggest series that I think any of them had ever played in in a regular season, at least, and the biggest series a lot of them had ever played, in, period, three huge games. 42,000 people screaming, uh, you know, going nuts. So, and everybody talking about it from that environment to the op- complete polar opposite. As far as you can get from Monday it. night in Miami against a team that's going to lose, that's lost 98 games or whatever, 96 games, whatever they've lost. 10, 12,000 people announced attendance. So, the actual crowd was about 7,000 people where you're hearing the music rattle off the, the roof because there's nobody there, you know? It's just t- a tinny sound, really loud. Everything's it's the loud. worst. I hate that stadium. It's really loud, but it's not the good loud. It's not a crowd roaring. It's Such all the echo. Artificial, artificial noise echoing off the, t- the <laughs> yeah. roof, the metal roof. That, so, that Clevelander bar is just blasting random music yeah. that you can hear throughout the whole stadium, the whole game. 
So, so you know, and and you know, in the bus, they they, they got in, they got in in early morning hours, man. They played a night game, and then they had to you know bus to the airport, fly here, check in their hotel. So they obviously had a late arrival. They're not gonna, you know. So they get a late bus, they get traffic coming over. So anyway, yeah, you would like to go, and then you go out and you give up two runs in the first inning, and a guy, Bryce Elder, who we got a memory, still a prospect, he's still a rookie. Looked great against the Nationals. Looked terrific through the complete game. I mean, he was – but he's facing the Marlins for the, for the fourth time this season. And he's only made about, what, 10 starts. And four of them have come against the Marlins. Dominated them the last two times. So they obviously know exactly what he's going to be featuring. Yep. And in the second – in the first inning, he gave up two runs. And I, he just wasn't throwing those backdoor sinkers and all that that he had working against the Nationals, man, that were almost unhittable. Yeah, I think he just didn't have a sinker yesterday. When I looked at, it, I mean, if you watch those sinkers he was throwing against the Nationals, it didn't yeah. matter who he was pitching against that yeah. day. Yeah, it's just it's just a type of movement that hitters are just going to wind up hitting the top of the ball or getting jammed. And that's I think that's one of the tougher things about you know when when you throw ninety eight and you don't have your A velo that day. Yeah, you still have ninety five or ninety six, and so when when you're throwing a sinker, it's the drop is like going from a hundred to ninety. You know, as far as like the the benefit of that movement, when you have your sinker, you could he could have thrown that thing right down the middle every pitch against the Nationals. It wouldn't have mattered. Yeah, just the way it was moving, that movement's so hard to track and square up. But then when you don't have it, it's like a ten mile an hour drop type of loss when when your sinker's flat. And for me, it's like you have to go through that phase of learning how to pitch without it. Like, okay, you know, recognizing it. Cause you can't really see the difference when you throw a really good sinker. It looks straight yeah. when you throw. So when you don't have it, it looks straight too. And so you're still aiming for the same spots and still putting it in the same place. And then all of a sudden the hitters tell you, they're the ones that'll tell you like, Hey, this thing's horseshit today. And they'll just lace it in the gap. And so like for, for a guy like that to show up and just not have a sinker, yeah, it it wouldn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're pitching in in, in double A with, yeah. with that without that movement. You know, hitters can square up ninety and moving a little bit. Nobody can square up move ninety and moving. You know, this much like it was uh, across the whole zone. And for me, he just didn't have that thing yesterday. And he, you have to learn how to pitch and recognize. Okay, that's three guys in a row that just shit on this thing or took it out of the zone pretty easy because that movement's not there. What's my backup plan? How do I pitch without it? Do I have to throw yeah. a lot more breaking balls or do I just have to be, you know, extremely fine? Because when, like I said, when you have that giant movement, you throw it right down the middle. You try that when it's moving just a little bit and it's kind of flat and they just lace it. So that's a tough drop off. But yeah, it's, I mean, getting in at three in the morning or four in the morning, you're not sleeping yeah, well. He, and he was with the team too. I mean, you know, he wanted He's to not be there flathead. Right, right. He wanted to be there for that that moment, all that. Um, and, yeah, he's a pitcher that obviously he's not going to overpower guys and come out and be able to compensate on on the nights when he doesn't have it. And without the sinker, I mean, that's his bread and butter, man. I mean, he's like he throws yeah. three or four pitches, but the sinker has to be there. And and the Marlins knew, I mean, and they were driving the ball too. I mean, they were hitting it hard. Yeah. They got some good young players. But, yeah, uh, just a reminder – Bryce Elder has thrown 159 innings this year. Last year, when he went by far higher than he ever had, because it was his first pro season, he went 137 and two-thirds, and they were done now, you know? I mean, he was home. Mm -hmm. You know, he's watching the Braves in the postseason now. 
He's at 159, and those have been 54 of those have been in the major leagues. So those have been like double that amount, you know, as far as stress and all that, yep. stress innings. So he's way above what he's done before. So if he shows a little fatigue in one start, especially after that, after going a complete game, first complete game for the Braves in his last start, maybe it's a little predictable. Well, and, yeah. and, you know, get the pitch a clinching game. You know, if, yeah. even if the rest of the team's not feeling, you know, the, the rest of the team, it might have been a come down, but for him to get to pitch in that big of a game, you know, that's, that's the same type of thing we're talking about where it can just, you have a little more adrenaline than you used to, a little more pressure on yourself and wind up coming out and your mechanics are a little off because of that timing change from how you're feeling. Yeah. And you get hit. Yeah. So, but he has, uh, he has put himself squarely in the mix for, uh, well, he'll be at the at the at the all site because they're going to have the keep them what what they call it stay hot team where they're going to have a bunch of guys there and they did it last year and it really showed in the postseason. I mean, they, Alex Andopoulos covers all the bases, man. He's ready. And last year they had Kyle Wright ready. It's not like they're calling him at home, going warm up because we're going to need you in the next round. They, they're down at Gwinnett, the all site, staying bunch of guys down there, and they called up Kyle Wright and look what he did in the World Series. He saved their ass, you know. Well, this year. They're going to have guys like there, several guys there that can do it, whether it's Mueller, whether it's Elder. You know, it's going to be some guys there. And Elder, you know, if they have an injury or whatever, Elder could be on the postseason roster. He could be on the postseason roster anyway. Yeah. Like, you know, he could make, he could be postseason roster anyway, but especially they're going to look at matchups. You know, that's what they did last year. Uh, the year, the year that uh, the first year they made it, they faced the Dodgers in that division series. Braves hadn't been to the postseason in a while. And, and, they shocked everybody by putting two – they had two of their young starters in the bullpen because they wanted power arms yep. in the bullpen facing the Dodgers because they knew they couldn't have junk uh, junk ballers against the Dodgers, and they had a couple of guys in their starting rotation that uh, are in their in their uh, bullpen that relied too much on, on off-speed, and they were like, Dodgers will kill them. We need some power guys to try this. So they're always thinking, and, and Alex will make moves, and if, uh, and, and if he thinks Elder can help him in the first round, he'll be in there in the postseason. Guys, let's take a quick break, and then we'll finish up the show. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another guy that's fighting for his postseason life will be pitching for the Braves tonight in the second chance to clinch. I know a lot of people cringed and and, and went to social media and howled in protest when when I tweeted last night that uh, Jake Odorizzi is going to start tonight. <laughs> and when I got I got to be honest, man, when we asked Snit after the game who's starting tomorrow, and Snit said Odorizzi, the first response was, "Really? <laughs> I mean, I I got to really? admit, I was I was a little surprised. I thought." With the get with the clinch uh, possibility tomorrow, tonight, I thought they they would go to bullpen game. 
I really did. And and because you're gonna have that long rest afterwards if you clinch, you're gonna have time for all your boys. I thought I thought and but then when he brought in Jesse last time, okay, well, he's off the board, he's not starting tomorrow, you know. But I thought I thought maybe you'd go Jesse for a couple of innings, you know, you could have Stevens, you have Mentor, McHugh, and you get it to you know, or you or skip Mentor because he's so much late innings now, but uh, you have enough guys to bridge it to 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 Iglesias Mentor and Kenley at the end yep. easily with this bullpen. And knowing that you're going to have, uh, you know, five days off afterwards, so I thought he'd probably go that way. But Snit obviously has faith. He knows what Odorizzi's done in a couple of his starts, and maybe likes the matchups against the Marlins, and likes the possibility. And but I do know he will have a quick. Hook. Yeah, it's got to be quick. Quick. It could be first inning. He's going to have guy up. So in effect, you could have a bullpen game anyway. If Odorizzi doesn't, if if he at first three batters, he walks a couple of them. Snit's going to have him out of there, and you're going to have a bullpen game anyway. Yeah, I think I you kind of have to. You have to be ready for that. I mean, he could come out and look good. And sometimes, right. you know, these these type of teams, like the Marlins or somebody, are really good younger teams for a guy with a lot of time to, to kind of, you know, carve up, not right. just try to overwhelm with his stuff and, and make pitches. And, and it could it could work out where he locks in and has a good start against them, and they don't have to do the bullpen game. But right. if he comes out and doesn't look good, I mean, I'm – First batter gets on to the game. I'm probably calling down to the pen like, hey, you know, so and so needs to start stretching a little yeah. bit because we're and not. We're, he, you can't let this game get out of hand. You know, he's told him that, right? A couple of relievers, be ready yeah. from the start. Be ready because yeah, they happen. tell you that, and you you go down to the pen, and it's like, <laughs> dude, to throw the first pitch that he throws of the game is a ball, and you just stand up, and start doing some arm swings yeah. and stretching your hamstrings <laughs> out. <laughs> we might be in this one early, boys. That's what they had. Uh, who was it that was Stevens was doing that the other night early in the first inning? I think it yeah. was. Yeah. Yeah. He was doing. It. So, uh, yeah, it, that, he's not going to let the game get out of hand. So people don't need to worry about that. And and on the other hand, we got to remember, it was only a few weeks ago that Jake Odorizzi took a no hitter to the sixth yeah. inning at St. Louis. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a tough spot to be in when you're a guy like him that, I mean, he's just working through it right now, but he's got experience. Yeah, and he's been good and big stage with the with the Astros. He pitched in some big games, which is you know that's a that's a good thing. You know, I mean, it's like you know he can handle the pressure. It's not yeah. going to be the pressure if Odorizzi struggles today. He's going to struggle because he's been struggling, right? But at the same time, you know, you don't really care why. You just we need you locked right. in, and if you're not, we're going to get some guys throwing down there quick. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, it's such a weird damn clinch situation right now because yeah. the Braves do it with one game. They could have done it last night if the Nats lost. The Nats game gets rained out. It's going to be a doubleheader today that's supposed to start at four, but it's raining again up there. It looks so dreary up there. It reminds me of why I don't live in the Northeast, man. Never have, never will. Love visiting. Will not live those those gray days the Northeast has and the Rust Belt cities have, man. I just it's, it's like it's they haven't. If it gets rained out, and they got to play these games. But if they play at four, the Braves could clinch before they even throw a pitch. Yeah, they got which, an early start. You don't want it. You want no. to do it, but you you want to do it after a win. You know, you don't want to get your ass right. kicked by the Marlins and start spraying champagne on each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It didn't feel and quite so the same. Awkward. But if yeah. the game started on time at four o'clock, the Braves start here at six forty. I love these early starts in Miami. Find out in like the f- fourth inning. If they're behind, you know, by a lot. If they're get yeah, if they're getting the, you, you know. But I mean. It's a two hours and 40 minutes. They have to finish that game, and, and you know before you even throw a first pitch. 
Yeah. I think the lineups could change here if they uh, if they were to lose it at four o'clock game. The, the Braves might play a couple guys, but they want to stay sharp. They're about to have some off days anyway. So, but anyway, it looks it's raining again. I don't know how the, if they're going to start on time. If they're going to get one game in, what what they're going to do there? But I know the Braves will just want to go out and take care of themselves and be done with it. You know. Yeah, and it's definitely not bad. They're playing they're playing a doubleheader because then you're in a situation where you could have to ask DS to go twice. Right. Not right. having tomorrow, you know, things like that. Right. Um, right. But yeah. I, I would just, you know, you want to clinch after a win. I, I, I had, I've not looked at the odds, but I would guess that there's still at least like 99 point whatever percent that the Braves wins this division. Yeah. yeah. One of the six, one of the six opportunities went by the wayside last night, but there's still five. Yeah. They just need to win one of the last two games or have the Nats lose any of their three games. Uh, are they not the Nets? The uh, Nets lose any of their three games against the Nationals. So yeah, that that whole you know no uh, no tiebreaker yeah. is is a game changer. And winning oh, yeah. that series, I mean, it's like being you know it basically put them two up with three to play. Yeah, and that's why that series was so huge. I mean, the the Mets went into that thinking worst case scenario we lose two out of three, we've still got the tiebreaker, and if this thing ends in a tie, we want we win the division. So that's yep. why it was like. That's why they, they they shocked the Mets world, man, by sweeping them. Not only you know taking taking the division lead, but also stealing the tiebreaker advantage from them. You know, yeah, and and in convincing fashion, it, there wasn't any like you know we got no. lucky this game or they won every game. And and even the Mets players that they interviewed said they were the better team. They kicked our asses, beat us in every phase. Yeah. And I think anybody watching that, any nonpartisan person watching that series, had to go. The Braves are a better team. Yeah, and, and I don't think yeah, many people. No a lot of people. I don't think many people outside of Braves country probably thought that going into the series. But right now, they're a better team. I mean, and think about winning the season series after losing four or five up in New York. Oh my God! And when they lost those four or five in New York, I got to be honest. I thought they had no chance to catch the Mets and pass them because the Mets were such a better team at that point of the season. Yeah, yeah, so that's changed. Mm-hmm. That's changed. The Braves have shown what they're made of, man. Snit and his coaching staff have done a tremendous job getting these guys where they are right now. They never panic. They never panic and cause disarray in the clubhouse because when they panic, that trickles down. Then people start panicking in the clubhouse and people start pointing fingers and rolling eyes and talking off the record about this guy and that guy. The Braves don't have any of that. Mm-mm. None of that. No, I thought it was awesome. Snit didn't say anything before that series or before the game. He just said, look, these guys know what they're doing. Right. I didn't say anything before game six last year either. I love that answer, yeah. Because it's it's so easy to just add to the pressure with a bad managerial speech or poorly yeah. timed. And I, I, I've seen some managers do it, and the team's like goes into the meeting like, shit, we were ready. Yeah. Now, yeah. now we're nervous. <laughs> now there's pressure. The way you, I mean, you just built it up more and made me double think this thing. I felt good. I was ready. Right. Yeah. He says something unnecessary because he feels like, you know, he wants to be part of this or he wants to take charge of this. So, you know, put his, put his uh, fingerprint on it, you know, put his stamp yep. on it. Snit has none of that ego where he has to feel like, yeah, I told him before the game. He could say after I told him before the game, just go out and do it. No, he's like, no, last night are you gonna to talk to him tonight with a chance to clinch? No, I didn't talk to him yesterday. I didn't talk to him. <laughs> it's so they, cool because our guys know what they're doing. Yeah. I think they know they know all the scenarios. They've been through the postseason four times now. Some of them, yeah. And the ones that haven't have been talked to by the guys that I don't need to talk to them. The players talk to them. 
It's so, just so cool. It's yeah. just having so much feel for your team. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and, and, and I, and that's an importance too of uh, having guys like Dansby on the team, man. I was asked on the, on the, on the, on the uh, room this morning on that podcast that, uh, do I think the Braves are in a corner as far as Dansby's concerned? And I was like, I wouldn't say in a corner, but I think he's he's underscored his importance and value to this team. It's not just a great defensive shortstop. And I and a rare big game performer that's one of those guys that just like we were talking about, his adrenaline doesn't overcome, doesn't overwhelm the rest of him in those situations. He just is in a groove in those situations. He wants to be in those situations. He's yeah, not shy of calm throughout the day, you know, interacting with him throughout the day. And yeah. like, this guy's just treating it like another game. And, you, you know, you're passing those messages on to your teammates and everything. You got to do this. And then once he, he goes out and goes deep. Yeah. You know, and the rest like, of the team's just like, yeah, that's our guy, yeah. man. Yep. That's what he does in big situations. And, and, and Freddie was a big game guy, too. Not like, not quite like Dansby is. Freddie's numbers were better, like with runners in scoring position and all that. But I'm talking about the ultimate big game moments. That is Dansby is a rare dude in those man. And I don't know what it's not a close and late situation numbers or is, is is runners in scoring position. But I'm just talking about the big moments. Well, it, it seems nobody, like you want him there. It, yeah, and it seems like it's not just the fact. Like you can go, you can have a postseason series and look at it at the end. Oh yeah, he hit three twenty one. Right, but but with the bases loaded in the third, he struck out on three pitches. Right, and he put his numbers up for the series. It feels like when Dansby gets that hit, it's the biggest, most important at bat of the series. He hits a single. He might go one for four in the game. Yeah, but the one hit he got was it changed the entire momentum of the game. Like the bigger that situation was, the better he does. And, and the same thing in the field, man. He makes decisions in the field that. I, I just can't imagine having such control over yourself mentally that you're not hyped up. Like the, like the play in the ninth inning the other night hits him in the chest and he doesn't never panics. Nope. The play he made in Arizona day that uh, I'll never forget it a few years ago behind yeah, in shallow center field. It's like, Oh my God, who makes that play under that situation? So he, 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 all the adrenaline with him and everything seems to be funneled into performance rather yeah. than, countering your performance he channels it well yeah but um but anyway and and what i was the point i was making is i don't think that you can can, you can really uh lose another piece of your culture and your clubhouse chemistry and 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 expect just to add plug in another guy you got olsen great great uh replacement for freddie he has not been freddie he's not quite as good in the field this year at least as freddie but and he doesn't have as many big moments as Freddie at the plate. He's not the consistent guy Freddie is. Olsen's had a damn good year, though. And people are going to look yep. at that and realize he's had 30 – how many home runs now? I mean, the guy's had 33 home runs or whatever it is. He's got 100 RBIs. Yeah, and he's played solid. He's been really yeah. good. He's just really not good been, It's just not been Freddie who's going to be top three MVP again. But he's been damn good. He's a great – and he's going to be five years from now. He's going to be really good still. But Dansby, you're going to knock off – if you don't re-sign him, that's two years in a row where you locked off a huge piece of your clubhouse chemistry. You're leader on the field now, especially without Freddie out there. Dansby is the unquestioned captain of the defense. Wash turns over his cards. All the other infielders have the little cards on placement and all that. Dansby has, as Wash put it, he has my cards. 
He has mm-hmm. control of the infield now because I can completely trust him to set the infield. Wash doesn't even have to do that now. Dansby does it. So you're not going to have that from another guy stepping in in spring training and taking over and building that trust right away. I don't see one guy out there that could do that, especially that you'd have to sign on a short deal. Because, you know, if, if, if Alex does that, it's going to be like a JD deal, overpay for one year. Because they're not going to sign Korea. They're not going to sign Korea for a hundred for thirty-five million a year. You know, when you get Dansby for ten million less than that a year. Uh, you for me that I wouldn't Trey say Turner's the same way. He's going to get five million more yeah. at least per year than Dansby. For me, you can't afford to lose him. Me too. Me too. You you couldn't afford to lose Freddie either if you would have asked me. But right after losing Freddie and then you lose Dansby too, it's like you, you really taking some shots at that culture when you start taking those guys out of the clubhouse. And a reason, and a, and a reason you've compensated for Freddie in large part is Dansby. He's having a career year. If he'd yeah. have had his normal year, good year, then he doesn't pick up some of that slack that Freddie, he's picked up some of it. Austin picked up a lot of it. And especially in the first two thirds of the season, Olson's had stretches where he carried the offense Harris has been unbelievably good since he came up. So a lot of guys stepped forward and helped pick up the slack. So you don't notice Freddie as much as you might have. But if you also lock Dansby out of that mix next year, you really got to be hoping rather than being able to count. If you could pencil him in long-term now, if you got a long-term five- to six-year deal, and you can pencil in all the guys that you have, you know you're going to be com- competing not just you know for division titles but competing for World Series year after year. So I think you got to yeah. do it, man. You got to bite the bullet and do it. You got to have guys looking up to a guy like that. Yeah. Like for me, you have to, you have to have guys, you have to have guys, you know, your young guys you're calling up. And, and part of the reason we're talking about, you know, Harris came up and did so well. These guys came up and did so well is when you're in a clubhouse with a guy watching how he works, yeah, watching how he acts, watching what he says, and then he backs it up on the field year after year. You know, it's not like this is the first year Dansby's got big hits or made big plays. It's all he does. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm sure he goes through his slumps and stuff, but it when he comes up in a big moment, even if he's not getting a hit, it's a great at bat. And if he doesn't get the hit there, the next inning he's laying out and making a tough play in the hole that could easily go for a hit. He's making yeah. the play like it's nothing, making the right decision, and he just does it time and time again. And the way he goes about his business is something you want everybody watching that. Yeah. Yeah, to me, as long as he's not asking for – top of the pay scale shortstop because that's going to be, you know, guys making 30, 35 a year. And, and, and you can't really do that probably with their payroll and still resign max free, which I think you need to do and sign Strider in a year or two. You wait with him to a long-term deal with Strider. You wait for pitchers. You, I think you have to wait a little longer, make sure that, you know, they're going to get past all injuries and everything, but Dansby, they're 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 only paying with the money that they're saving on those other contracts in the back end when they're only Peaking at twenty-two million for Austin Riley, for uh, the the peak on uh, on his uh, on uh, Austin Riley and Matt Olson's both twenty-two million. You know Harris is unbelievably team friendly deal yeah. at the back end of that. Acuna's seventeen million peak. All that money you can. St- that's why you can still afford to give a guy like Dansby. To me, he's worth between the twenty-two and twenty-five million. I'd go up to twenty-five million a year. I would with him for five years. You know, yeah. maybe not six. You're you know splitting hairs, but I would go, I'd go five years, 125 million with Dansby. That's just me. I'd do it. 25. That's three million more than you're giving Riley and Olson. But I think with everything he brings to the team, his age, and the fact that he's played right up to free agency, 
that's the difference. Those other guys weren't right at free agency. Yeah, and that's the problem. Yes. Yeah. If if you were watching that Mets series and you're GM for the Dodgers and you're sure. looking at maybe Trey Turner leaves, there's so many teams that are watching him and just I mean that's, that's he's everything you want in a shortstop. Yeah. For me, I, I know there's so few guys that are going to hit some more homers or or have a little higher batting average, but I don't I don't think that like you said, you know, the pay you're going to have to pay these guys it's hard it's hard to make an argument that Dansby's not worth what those guys are worth. Yeah. When you watch the games and you watch big games happen and, and you know that having this guy on your team in a, in a huge series, he's gonna show up. Yeah, and that and that's not even taking into account all the intangibles. I no. mean, and those are big. When you got it, when you're signing a guy to a long-term deal, I mean, we saw the Marcelo Zuna thing blow up in their face. Okay. That's the one mistake Alex has made with a long-term deal. The other guys. These are solid dudes that you're not going to have to worry about off the field. Dansby is the ultimate guy. Him and Michael Harris are like ultimate guys when it comes to that. All those guys are, though. Olsen, Riley, these are not guys that are going to – and I'm confident in saying that, which I wouldn't say about some guys because I don't want <laughs> them coming back to me in four or five years going, yeah, you said this about yeah, – Remember I you like, said this? and Yeah. yeah. I, you know, barring some – catastrophic event in their lives that changes them. I just don't see that. But Dansby is such a good guy. I mean, he's like, he's the kind of guy that makes you sick. If you, you look at him and go, Jesus, he's got everything going for him. Cause he's <laughs> such a nice guy, yeah. you know, a, a decent guy. And he's never going to cause problems off the field and all that. He's got his life in order. He's about to get married to a, uh, another athlete who she's a great person. What I understand. I mean, he's just, that's not a guy you have to worry about. So it's one more box you could check. Like one more guy I don't have to worry about for the next five or six years. That's pretty yeah. big when you're a GM and you can like a third of your team, you can be like, we don't even have to worry about those positions. We can focus on this need and this need, you know, in the offseason, adding one starting pitcher, a free agent, a reliever. But you don't have to worry about these up the middle defensive positions. When you got Ozzy sign, you got Harris sign. You have, you know, you're great at catcher right now. You got him for another year, and they got Contreras. Looks like he's ready to step in. And then you got you got Acuna in right field, and you could have your shortstop sign long term if you get it. I mean, that's that makes yeah, it a lot I, easier for a GM to fill in the pieces. The only thing that makes me think it wouldn't happen is that it haven't hasn't happened yet. Yeah, I know, I know, and and. and unless it's changed in the last week or so, there wasn't talks going on. There's not a lot going on, so. I think I think uh, it looks like he's done the same thing as he did with Freddie. He's going to wait till it's over, or, or maybe they make a lot. They could, you know, they're going to have time here between if once they clinch, you could do it then. There was just a contract signed. Otone just signed his one year deal. You could do it then. I know the focus has to be on the postseason, but to me, there's not going to be a lot of haggling. Doesn't need to be involved. You know, each party knows the other. It's not like another team is recruiting him or, or, or according him. You can make the offer. Here it is. Dansby's going to be like, I like that or I don't. I, I, but you can yeah. get it done. You don't have to wait till that five-day period after the World Series. He gets to that point. It's hard for the agent not to at least entertain. Wait, Let's wait a few more days because I want to wait and see what fill-in-the-blank team is going to offer. Well, and that's the situation long. he's going to be in. Is You don't do it you know, now. It seems like the Braves have been where they're at, and he's where he's at. Pretty much this whole year, something would have happened. You know, something would have signed. Right. You, you, they're just not close enough. But that's that's the decision he's going to have to make. Is here's the peak dollar the Braves are willing to offer, and maybe if he can show them, like, hey, you know, Dodgers said thirty million a year. Yeah, 
come on, 19 is not enough or, or wherever right. he's at when it's that they're big offering, of a gap. They're offering 30. You can go to 25, even with this different state income taxes. And you know how much I want to be here. You can still go to 25, make it fair. And they might be the, you know, the Braves might be thinking, here's the most somebody's going to pay for them. And then right. they find out, oh shit, you know, th- this team's willing to go up to this amount and we really want to keep this guy. And then they have to make their decision. You know, that, I mean, there's value for the team to see what he could get out there too. Right. But for me, letting him go on the market, there's just going to be a few teams that have watched him the last few years get all those big hits, make all those big plays. Uh, yeah. Just the guy he is. You know, maybe you could look at his numbers alone. I want that player on my team. But when you watch how he does it, when he does it, the way he goes about his business, you know, who he is, it's that's a really tough player to lose. Right. It's going to be like musical chairs with the shortstops that are available. Yeah. If you're the Braves at this point, maybe you say, all right, let's let the other teams, the biggest dollar teams, fill in the blanks with these. And then we got him. Then it'll be down to us and this team. And they might be taking that gamble at this point because they already lost the gamble as far as waiting because he literally would have been five million or more less per year if they decide him in spring training. I mean, is there anything more Dansby to do than have a huge free agent year? I know it. You know, I mean, with like so many guys can't even talk right. throughout the year. Right. Because it's, it, hurt. Yeah. You know, you call it a distraction, but it's just it's actually added pressure. Yeah. It's another factor of I have to perform for this reason even more. And we a lot of guys are like pressure. I don't want to handle that. Dansby's like, bring it on. I'll have the best year of my career. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'll have the best series of my career in the biggest series of my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm at home run in all three games. Yep. How about that? Yeah, not that, you know, not wall scrapers either. I'm taking shares at 440. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, a lot going on. Um, that And that situation is kind of in the backdrop behind everything because everybody, it's funny because you had people like dismissing us earlier in the year when we're talking about how, you know, I'd say they, they need to sign Dansby and, and, and you know, he's worth uh, over 20 million a year. And people were like, I, you, you can't commit that to Dansby. He's an average bat. Cause all they're doing is looking at, at that point, the metrics, you know, mm-hmm. that say his bat is not, you know, elite or whatever. I'm going, man, just if you watch Dansby play, you understand his value to the team. But I also understand that we got the advantage of knowing, knowing people, you know, people that know him and what he means to the team. And I see it on a daily basis so we have a little bit more idea of what the intangibles are involved rather than just looking at the numbers, which I understand don't stand out the way they do for a Trey Turner, you know, but Dansby is a great player, man. Yeah. And, and he's a huge piece of this team and the turnaround. He was here when they still sucked. Then when they brought him over from there, they traded for him, brought him up and they still had Matt Kemp on this team, you know, mm-hmm. in the middle of the lineup, he was here in the bad years. So yeah. he has been that guy, him and Nick Marcakis and Freddie were those guys, you know, through the whole thing. Marcakis retired. Freddie got went away. Now it's Dansby that's been there through the whole thing. So I, I just, you know, for me, if it's if I'm the team, I mean, then you've gotten all these guys way under market. Right. This might be one guy you have to be like, oh, we didn't get a good deal on him, you know, because we we pushed it kind of to free agency and we right. tried to get this deal. Now right. it's not there. And, you know, they're not going to play their hand. But for me, I'd already have a number way above what I'm offering. Like, right. if it comes down to it, he tells me he signs somewhere right. else. Yeah. I don't have to call the owner and ask for another five million a year to offer him. I can just do it. Yeah. And, and, and considering the fallout they've had from the Freddie thing, I think that would help them make that decision the right yeah. decision as far as this, because you don't want that. 
you know, it's worked out so far, but you do not want this to blow up in your face next year and you don't make it because the guy you brought in doesn't bring any of it. And, and you all of a sudden the chemistry isn't quite what it was. Or that guy is, you don't have that guy stepping up in the big, big moments. You don't want to have that. You don't want to haggle over a few million dollars. Cause you, no, yeah. not, and lose him. <laughs> it's just, you have a special thing going right now. And it's not, it's not just the numbers, you know, it's not just the performance. It's like snip managing. Yeah. You know, the coaching staff, all these people are creating this environment where guys are just thriving and outperforming who they are. The guys come here and go to come to Atlanta and they get better. Yeah. And that you start just like removing personalities and, and, and parts of that, that magical thing you have going on yeah. where you can play that huge three game series and just kick the shit out of the yeah. bats. Agreed. Totally. You just you can't mess with that. Yeah. All right. Well, when the, when we do the one other one of these, I think the Braves will have clinched, and we'll be looking ahead to uh, hopefully who they're going to play in the division series. They eliminated Milwaukee last night. They are out of the picture. Man, they've been a disappointment. And the Phillies step up, man. The Phillies were were wheezing there for a while, but you know when they get game like they got last night from Nola, two more home runs from Schwarber. It's when you're yeah. reminded they can be a dangerous team, man. They got. <laughs> They got that guy, the other guy in the rotation that is uh, Zach is a stud, man. And the, the yeah. Phillies, you get them back to back, and Nola when he's on Wheeler, it's like, uh, yeah, they can be a tough out, as they say. So, and the Cardinals as well, with all they've got going, that magic that they got going with the old Cardinals guys. Cardinals, I don't want to mess with. Yeah, and and their and their place is a really tough place to win in a postseason, especially. So, it ain't gonna be easy that second round. Even if you get a first round bye, the the division series is not going to be easy. Yeah, but that wild card is so huge. I mean, you said yeah, it, huge. and I and I listened to you and I felt it. But then when I looked at it on on paper, you know, I saw the bracket laid out. What the journey is to get to the, yeah. you know, the NLCS one way yeah. versus it's. I mean, you got to win that wild card series first, and then you got to go past the Dodgers. Yeah, never has it been more important this than this year to avoid that. It's not one game. It's three games. Going to wear your team down, man, before you face the Dodgers. And I'm so glad it's not a one-game wild card anymore because yeah. I mean, the last four games were the perfect example of why a wild card game, one game series is stupid. Sure. Like the year we were 10 up on the Cardinals or whatever, but you can play the you can play the Mets, face their two best pitchers, beat yep. the shit out of them, win a series, and then you can lose one to the Marlins. Yeah, yeah. Or you can hit a uh, – you could have the momentum go in your favor and hit a fly ball to uh middle left field. And it could be called an infield fly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, anything can happen in one game. <laughs> anything can happen in one game. All right. Thanks everybody. We'll talk again uh, real soon after the Braves have uh, taken care of business, I would imagine, but, or had the, or had the nationals take care of business for them. <laughs> yeah. 755 is real. We are out.